Well, good morning. Welcome to the Vineyard. We're so glad that you chose to spend part of your weekend with us. A special welcome to those who are visiting today to celebrate with their friends and family who are being water baptized today. It's so important in our faith journey that we have people to walk alongside with us. And so we're so glad that you're here today. We're calling today Freedom Sunday because in just a little bit, these men and women and boys and girls are going to be declaring the freedom they have found in Jesus as they are water baptized. For the last six weeks, we've been on this journey as a church where we've been talking about the transformation that happens when we say yes to Jesus, that Jesus takes us from frustration to freedom. And we've looked at a whole bunch of different areas from our faith to our finances, from our bodies to our brains, from our work to our worship. When we say yes to Jesus, we begin a transformation journey. And it's a beautiful journey that never ends. And we've rooted our our message series in a scripture. And I wanna take us back to that scripture to start off today. I'm gonna take us to 2 Corinthians Uh, chapter three, verse 17 and 18. This is what we've been studying over the last few weeks. Now, the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the spirit. Now, that verse is a little bit confusing. And so just as a recap, let's talk again. The who, the what, the when, and the how of this verse. So who brings freedom into our lives? The Spirit brings freedom into our lives. What are we being transformed into in this transformation process? The scripture says we are being transformed into the image of Jesus. We are becoming more and more like Jesus. When is this transformation happening? Well, when we say yes to Jesus, we go from being a sinner to a saint, but the journey of transformation is not over. Here in the text, it says degree by degree. It's a slow journey that we take with Jesus to experience this transformation, but it is active. We are being transformed. And then how does this transformation happen? Again, it happens by beholding the Lord. What does that mean? It means that we can relate to the Lord without barrier, that Jesus has made a way for us to be intimate with our Father. And it's through the work of the Spirit within us that we experience this transformation. Well, today, what we're going to do is we're going to celebrate the journey of transformation in the lives of some of our church friends. And we're gonna explore what does it mean to be baptized? And then we're gonna look at a story from the scripture of a person who was transformed and chose to be baptized. But first, I'm gonna pray and invite the Holy Spirit to be our teacher today. And so we say, Holy Spirit, we welcome you today to be the teacher. Today's the day that you have made. We wanna rejoice and be glad in it. And so we say, come Holy Spirit and be in our midst today as we celebrate with these men and women and these boys and girls in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, baptism is a momentous occasion that's filled with much joy and anticipation. And so I thought it would be fun today to start off by watching some of my favorite baptisms ever caught on film. If you would turn your attention to the screen. Oh, 
uh, who have accepted Christ as his Savior and as his Lord, and he will demonstrate his faith in the Lord Jesus Christ uh, by willingly being baptized this morning. He's been waiting on this day a long time. <laughs> and so, Jordan, upon the profession of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I now baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> is so good. You know, some people just can't wait to be baptized. Some people take freedom to a whole new level. Don't worry. Some of what you saw in those videos won't be happening today, but I can't make any promises. Okay, I can't make any promises. Baptism is a joyful, incredible, sacred act that we get to participate in. And the truth is that when it comes to church history and different churches, there's a lot of different opinions and there's honestly some confusion and, and some differences. You know, in some church traditions, they believe that you should baptize babies. Others believe in something called the age of accountability where you reach a certain age where you need to make that decision. Others only baptize adults. Some churches sprinkle while other churches fully immerse in the water. If you look at church history, baptism at different times in history was an incredibly dangerous thing to do. You could be ostracized from your family. You could be kicked out of your church. You could be excommunicated. You could even be killed. And so I thought it would be helpful today that we explore what is baptism and what do we here at the Vineyard believe about baptism? And so we're gonna start off with a simple definition. What is water baptism? Water baptism is an outward natural act of a person that announces an inward supernatural act of the spirit. What does that mean? Baptism is an outward natural act. Today, men and women and boys and girls are going to go into this tank and they are going to perform an outward action that expresses an inward supernatural activity. What is that? You see, baptism, it's not just a ritual. It's not something that we, we should flippantly decide to do. It's a command from Jesus, and it is a supernatural act of the Spirit. It announces this. So what is that act? We're going to go back to 2 Corinthians. This time, we're going to go to chapter 5, and we're going to look at verse 17, because this is what happens when a person says yes to making Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior it says this, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. What does this mean? It means that when you say yes to Jesus, the old you, the person that is sinful and selfish and fearful and ashamed, that person dies. That person passes away and you are born again. You are born to new life in Jesus. And so what baptism is, is this is a grave. This is a watery grave. And what these men and women are doing is they are going into the grave and they are declaring, I have died and I have been risen with Christ. I have been made new. Hence our t-shirts that say we are made new. This is an incredible truth, an incredible reality of coming into relationship with Jesus. So water baptism is an outward natural act, immersing the dead person into a watery grave that announces an inward supernatural act of the spirit that this person is born again, a believer in Jesus Christ. Well, I wanna take us to one more scripture 
today, and I want to read what happens to us when this supernatural transformation takes place when we say yes to Jesus. Now, I'm going to look at Romans. Um, I'm going to look at what the Apostle Paul is, is saying here, and he's talking to the Romans because, well, we're in the book of Romans, and he's explaining the gospel to the Romans. And he's in chapter five, he's explaining, this is, what, this is what Adam did, and this is what Jesus did. Through Adam, we all became sinners, and through Jesus, we are all made righteous. We are all made saints. And then in chapter six, he's going on to explain, listen, when we say yes to Jesus, our lives should look different. This should lead to transformation. We should not continue sinning anymore. And then in verse six, or in chapter six, verse three, he's gonna pick up talking to them about this transformation that has taken place. He says, or have you forgotten that when you were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death for we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the father, now we also may live new lives. Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know we all will also live with him. I'm gonna skip down to verse 11. So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Now, this is a huge passage. It's one of those passage that you could, passages that you could go home and you could study for the next week and pull out the different things that the Apostle Paul is trying to teach us here. Let me just try to quickly summarize what he's saying. When we say yes to Jesus, a lot happens. There is a big transformation. We go from sinners to saints. We go from orphans to sons. What happens when you say yes to Jesus is that you die. It's not a cleanup, it's a crucifixion. You die and then you are born again into new life with Jesus. And what that means is that sin loses its power in our lives. Now, does that mean that we never sin? No, because we know that the work of transformation is a journey that we go on through the power of the Holy Spirit. But yes, our identity has been shifted and changed and changed. And so what these men and women are doing today as they are baptized is they are announcing. They are they are they have a new status. They are saying I have no longer who I was. I have been made new and I am a new creation. That is what we are doing. What happens is when we say yes to Jesus, he takes us from frustration into freedom. He takes us from frustration into freedom in so many different areas of our lives. Now, a couple of things I want us to know about baptism. Baptism doesn't wash away our sins. What washes away our sins? Only Jesus. Trust in Jesus leads to transformation. Now, the water's looking pretty good right now. I don't know that you're gonna wanna see it, though, when we're done baptizing people today, but this water is not making you clean. Only Jesus is making you clean. Now, we also don't get baptized today because we want Jesus to love us more. He already loves you beyond comprehension. There is nothing that you could do that would make him love you more. We also don't get baptized today to get closer to Jesus because guess what? He lives in you. 
He can't really get any closer. Now, we can grow in intimacy with him. And I don't want to negate the fact that Jesus asks us to be baptized. And often it's, it's a sign and a, and a part of our journey that leads us to deeper intimacy. But I want you to know this. This is an outward act of an inward reality. You have been made new and you are announcing to the world around you your new status. The best status you're ever gonna post at any point in your life. We've been set free. Well, throughout our time together, we've been looking at different stories. We've been having people share their stories from our church body. It's been so fun. Today, I thought we would tell a story from the Bible. And I wanna tell the story of a man, a very important man, a very influential man, probably one of the most influential Christians of all time. He was a writer of the Bible, a church planter, a discipler, a miracle worker. And yet he has an insane story of transformation. Does anyone know who I'm talking about? Paul, that's right, the apostle Paul. But before Paul was Paul, Paul was Saul. And could that get like any more confusing? Does anyone have like one of those name things, like their name is not their name or they go by something? I have this, my, my legal name is Julia, but I've always gone by Julie. So, you know, part of my heart like understands this whole Paul Saul thing today. Um, but I, for the sake of the story today, I'm going to call him Saul because that's what the scripture calls him at this point in his story. So let me just tell you a little bit about Saul. Saul was born near the time of Jesus around four BC. He was born in a place called Tarsus, which is modern day Turkey. His family was Jewish, but because of being born in Tarsus, they were granted Roman citizenship. His family were tent makers. Saul decided to um, join a religious sect in the Jewish faith called the Pharisees. And there he decided to study the Hebrew scriptures. Paul wanted to do right and he wanted to be right. And he was deeply committed to Jewish law so deeply committed that he announced that he was the best Pharisee and the best Jew of his generation. I mean, I don't think he was the most humble, but he had a lot of confidence. Okay, so because of his commitment to the Pharisees, this led to his active persecution of the Christian faith. He did not want Jews believing that Jesus was the Messiah because he believed that that was heresy. And so he was deeply committed to destroying the Christian faith. And it is not too far to say that Paul was a terrorist when it came to Christianity. He murdered people and he was deeply committed to this. He was frustrated that people were following Jesus. He wanted them to get back to the basics, to get back to what he believed was the truth. Well, in Acts 9, where we're gonna be today, Saul is uh, planning a trip to Damascus. And so he writes ahead to the synagogue leaders and he's working with the synagogues. And he's like, listen, I need a list of all the people who are trying to follow Jesus. And my plan is to arrest them and to take them back to Jerusalem in chains. And so he's written this letter and now he's about to go on this journey to Damascus when he has an encounter. And that's where we're going to pick up in verse three. It says this, as he was approaching Damascus on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. Then the men, the men with Saul stood speechless for they heard the sound of someone's voice, but saw no one. Saul picked himself up off the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he was blind. So his companions led him by the hand to Damascus. He remained there blind for three days and did not eat or drink. Well, that's one way to get someone's attention, you know, just to cost them on a little trip and 
He's blind. Obviously, he's disturbed. He's so disturbed that he doesn't eat or drink for three days. This was tough. This was scary. Everything that Paul had believed is being questioned in this moment. And during this time, Jesus shows up to a Christian named Ananias. And he tells Ananias, I want you to go and find the man Saul, and I want you to pray for him. And Ananias, he's a good guy. I kind of wish I could have a conversation with him. And he's like, okay, God, I don't know if you know who Saul is, okay, but he's not a good guy. He kills people like me. He wants to take me to jail. And Jesus says to Ananias, I have called Saul. I have a purpose for him. He is going to be a mouthpiece to the Gentiles, to kings, and to Israel. Go to him. And Ananias, he takes heed and he obeys the Lord. And let's pick up in verse 17 and see what happens. So Ananias went and found Saul. He laid his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road, has sent me so that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Instantly, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he regained his sight. Then he got up and he was baptized. From frustration to freedom. That's the journey that Jesus takes Saul on and his life is never going to be the same. This is what happens to us when we meet Jesus and are filled with his Holy Spirit, we are transformed. And Saul here, when he gets filled with the Holy Spirit, scales fall from his eyes and he chooses to be baptized. So what God does is God takes Saul, who is a know-it-all, hateful, wants to kill Christians and turns him into Paul, the writer of the New Testament, a church planter and deep lover of Jesus. Talk about transformation. What Jesus does in Saul's life, he wants to do in your life. He wants to do in every single one of our lives. He wants to take those places where we are broken and bound and he wants to take us into freedom. You see, the message of the gospel is this. It's one of belonging and being and doing. See, the apostle Paul, he went from belonging to the Pharisees to belonging to the Father. He went from being right because he was, you know, trying to do the right things and keep the law and do all the right things to being made righteous through Jesus. He went from doing things in his own self-effort to doing things filled with the Spirit inside him. This is the message of the gospel that in Jesus, we can experience transformation, that we can experience freedom in all of these different areas. And what happens is that God's work becomes Paul's work. And there is tons of fruit to this transformation. Now, today we are going to do two types of baptism, the two types that we read about. We are first going to do water baptism. And again, that is the outward act that explains an inward reality of being born again of the spirit. The old is gone and the new is here. And here at the vineyard, we believe that anyone can be baptized who believes in their heart and confesses with their mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. That is what scripture says, that we are to be baptized. And each of the participants who are going to be baptized today have gone through a class or they've had a conversation where they more deeply understand what baptism is all about. We do allow children to be baptized. Often that's a question we get. And those children also go through a class with a parent or loved one where they can better understand. I was baptized as a child and that was a deeply meaningful experience for me. 
Oftentimes, we also get asked, do we rebaptize people? And this is what we say. Yes, we do rebaptize people. If people have fallen away from the Lord and they are making a fresh commitment and they want to announce to the world that they are fully committed to Jesus as their Lord and Savior, then yes, we will rebaptize them. So there's really three reasons that we baptize people. You've never been baptized. Two, you were baptized as a child and you'd like to reaffirm that decision as an adult. Or three, you have fallen away from the Lord and you want to rededicate your life to him. But we need to talk about another baptism that we read in the scripture because I think this is a really important baptism and one that we might need to better utilize. Has anyone ever felt like, did my baptism take? Do I need to redo that? Am I really new? Anybody? Yeah, me too. Here's the deal. You have been made new, but you are on a transformation journey, degree by degree. And who is the agent of change and transformation in our lives? Jesus, through his spirit. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And so I'm gonna use this illustration. I've used this before, but maybe you've not seen this. In my older age, I've become a bird lady. This is a Cardinal, but I am a Cubs fan by marriage, you know. Um, I actually don't care about baseball, but. But Cardinals are very important to me and Cardinals are a sign of the spirit. And what happens in our lives is when we say yes to Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside us and the scripture says he never leaves. And so the spirit is never gonna leave in your life. But we, we need to be baptized in the spirit regularly. To be baptized means to be immersed. We need the spirit to immerse or be immersed in our lives. And what happens is like this snow globe. You guys know snow globes. There's like a winter scene and there's a glass dome, there's water and there's little flakes inside. And right now, can you see any flakes? Not really, a little on the bird. But where are they? They're, they're in there, right? They're settled at the bottom. And for some of us, the spirit is settled at the bottom of our lives. And what we need to do today is we need to shake the snow globe because he's in there, he's in there. And what happens is when we stir the spirit in our lives, when we say yes to a fresh baptism of the spirit, the spirit permeates all these areas of our lives. And we again are filled afresh to be able to do life, to know the reality that we have been made new. So you don't need to get rebaptized. You may need to be baptized in the spirit again. And we're gonna pray specifically for that today. Okay, are you guys ready to celebrate? Yes, I thought so. Okay, this is what we're gonna do. If you are able, I'm gonna invite you to stand. And we are going to sing a song of worship. And then you guys will sit down and we're gonna do some testimonies. And then after the testimonies, it's just gonna basically be a party, okay? So I'm gonna pray and invite the spirit just as we begin worship. But Jesus, I thank you that you're already here. God, I thank you that you're, you're already showing us uh, just how good you are and what you wanna do in this moment. And so we just say more Holy Spirit, more of you. We love to worship and celebrate with these people. May your spirit flow freely in this place. In Jesus' name, amen.